0: Chapter three Part Six of Mortish This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org recording by Lynn Thompson Mortish by Mary Roberts Reinhardt Chapter three part six Every incident of that luncheon is fixed clearly in my mind because of what came after it we had indeed penetrated close to the front as was shown by the number of shells which fell in it while we ate the dirt from one in fact quite spoiled the floating island and we were compelled to open a can of peaches to replace it it was while we were drinking our after-dinner coffee that tish voiced the philosophy which upheld her when my hour comes it will come she said calmly viewed from that standpoint the attempts of the enemy to disturb us become amusing nothing more exactly said mr burton skimming some dust from the last explosion out of his coffee cup amusing is the word funny i call it funny as a crutch why look who's here there was a young officer riding up the valley rapidly i remember tish taking a look at him and then saying quickly lizzie go and close the floor of the ambulance Don't run. I'll explain later Well the officer rode up and jumped off his horse and saluted Some of our fellows said you were trapped here miss Carberry. He said I didn't believe it at first. It's a bad place We'll have to get you out somehow I'm not anxious to get out But he said and stared at all of us you are do you know that our trenches are just beyond this hill i wish you'd tell the germans that they seem to think they are in this valley he laughed a little and said they ought to make you a general miss carberry and then said to mr burton i'd like to speak to you for a moment looking back i believe that tish had a premonition of trouble then for during their conversation aside she got out her knitting always with her an indication of perturbation or of deep thought and she spoke rather sharply to aggie about rinsing the luncheon dishes more thoroughly Aggie said afterward that she herself had felt at that time that peculiar itching in the palms of her hands which always with her presages bad news if he asks about those grenades Lizzie you can reply say you don't know anything about them that's the truth I Know where they are I said with some acidity and what's more I know I'm not going to ride a foot in that ambulance with that concentrated extract of hell under my feet Lizzie. She began sternly, but just then the two men came back and the officer's face was uncomfortable I From your demeanour he said and uh, The fact that you haven't mentioned it. I rather gather that you have not heard the uh, the news miss Carberry I Didn't see the morning papers Tish said with a dry wit so characteristic of her you have a nephew. I understand at the front Tish's face suddenly grew set and stern Have or had she asked in a terrible voice. Oh It's not so bad as all that in fact He's a lot safer just now than you are for instance, but it's rather unfortunate in a way too He has been captured by the enemy Aggie ran to her then with the blackberry cordial but tish waved her away a prisoner she said a nephew of mine has allowed himself to be captured by the germans it is incredible lots of us are doing it he said it's no disgrace in fact it's a mark of courage a fellow goes farther than he ought to and the first thing he knows he's got a belt of bayonet points and it is time for discretion leave me please tish said majestically i am ashamed i am humbled i must think shortly after that she called us back and said i have come to this conclusion the situation is unbearable and must be rectified do you know where he is enduring this shameful captivity i wouldn't take it too hard miss tish said the officer he's very comfortable as we happen to know one of our runners got back at dawn this morning he said he left your nephew in the church at v playing pinnacle with the German C.O. The runner was hidden in the cellar under the church, and he said the C.O. had lost all his money and his iron cross, and was going to hold Captain Sands until he could win them back. Then he urged her, the moment night fell, to retire from our dangerous position and to feel no anxiety whatever. "'If I know him,' were his parting words, "'he'll pick that German as clean as a chicken,' Pinnacle will win the war he added and rode away during the remainder of the afternoon tish sat by herself knitting and thinking it was undoubtedly then that she formed the plan which in its execution has brought us so much hateful publicity yet without which the town of v might still be in german hands We knew, of course, that Tish's fine brain was working on the problem of rescuing Charlie Sands, and Mr. Burton was, on the whole, rather keen about it. I've got to get a German officer some way, he said. She's probably planning now to see von Hindenburg about Sands. She generally aims high, I've discovered, and in that case I rather fancy myself taking the old chap back to Hilda as a souvenir. He then reflected and scowled. But she'd be flirting with him in ten minutes damn her he added Tish refused both sympathy and conversation during the afternoon on Aggie's offering her both she merely said go away and leave me alone for heaven's sake He is perfectly safe. I only hope he took his toothbrush. That's all It is a proof of Tish's gift of concentration that she thought out her plans so thoroughly under the circumstances For the valley was shelled all that afternoon We found an abandoned battery position and the three of us took refuge in it leaving tish outside knitting calmly It was a poor place But by taking in our folding table and chairs We made it fairly comfortable and mr Burton taught us a most interesting game of cards in which one formed pairs and various combinations and counted with coffee beans If one had four of any one kind one took all the beans It was dusk when tish appeared in the doorway, and we noticed that she wore a look of grim determination I Have been to the top of the hill she said and I believe that I know now the terrain thoroughly in case my first plan Fails we may be compelled to desperate measures, but I find my present situation intolerable Never before has a member of my family been taken by an enemy We die, but we do not surrender You can speak for your own family then Aggie said I've got a family, too But it's got the sense enough to surrender when necessary and if you think Libby prison was any treat to my grandfather Tish ignored her it is my intention She went on to appeal to the general of his division to rescue my nephew and thus wipe out the stain on the family honor Failing that I am prepared to go to any length here. She eyed Aggie coldly It is no time for craven spirits She said we may be arrested and court-martialed for being so near the front to say nothing of what may eventuate in case of a refusal I Intend to leave no stone unturned, but I think it only fair to ask for a vote of confidence Those in the affirmative will please signify by saying I Aye. Aye. I said stoutly I would not fail my dear tish in such a crisis Aggie followed me a moment later, but feebly and Mr.. Burton said I don't like the idea any more than I do my right eye Why bother the general I'm for going to V and breaking up the pinnacle game and bringing home the bacon in the shape of a hun or two However, I have reason to think that he was joking and that subsequent events startled him considerably for I remember that when it was all over and we were in safety once again He kept saying over and over in a dazed voice Well, can you beat it? Can you beat it? In some way tish had heard from a battery on the hill I think that headquarters was at the foot of the hill on the other side She made her plans accordingly as Soon as darkness has fallen she said to mr. Burton We three women shall visit the commanding officer and there make our plea without you as it will be necessary to use all the softening feminine influence possible One of two things will then occur either. He will rescue my nephew or I shall Now see here miss tish he protested You're not going to leave me out of it altogether. Are you you wouldn't break my heart would you Besides you'll need me. I'm a specialist at rescuing nephews. I I've rescued thousands of nephews in my time Well, she'd marked out a place that would have been a crossroads if the German shells had left any road And she said if she failed with the C.O. He was to meet us there with two baskets of cigarettes for the men in the trenches Cigarettes he said what help will they be against the enemy unless you mean to wait until they've smoked themselves to death Underneath the cigarettes tish went on calmly you will have a number of grenades if only we could repair that machine-gun She reflected I dare say I can salvage an automatic rifle or two she finished though large-sized firecrackers would do The real thing is to make a noise We might get some paper bags and burst them suggested mr Burton and if you feel that music would add to the martial effect I can play fairly well on a comb it was perhaps nine o'clock when we reached the crest of the hill and had tish not thoughtfully brought her wire cutters along I do not believe we would have succeeded in reaching headquarters We got there finally however, and it was in a cellar and though I do not care to reflect on our gallant army not as tidy as it should have been Mr.. Burton having remained behind temporarily the three of us made our way to the entrance and Tish was almost bayoneted by a sentry there who was nervous because of a number of shells falling in the vicinity. Take that thing away, she said with superb scorn, pointing to the bayonet. I don't want a hole in the only uniform I've got, young man. What's your head, Lizzie? The saints protect us, said the sentry. Women, three women, Tish and I went down the muddy incline into the cellar, and two officers who were sitting there playing cribbage looked at us. And then stood up with a surprised expression Tish had assumed a most lofty attitude and picking out the general with an unfailing eye She saluted and said only the most urgent matters would excuse my intrusion sir. I Unfortunately at that moment Aggie slipped and slid into the room feet first in a sitting posture She brought up rather dazed against the table and for a moment both officers were too surprised to offer her any assistance. Tish and I picked her up, and she fell to sneezing violently, so that it was some time before the conversation was resumed. It was the general who resumed it. "'This is very flattering,' he said in a cold voice, "'but if you ladies will explain how you got here, "'I'll make it interesting for somebody.' Suddenly the colonel who was with him said, Suffering crime as it can't be and yet it certainly is We looked at him it was the colonel who had been so interested in charlie sands at the training camp We all shook hands with him and he offered us chairs and said to the general these are the ladies I have told you about sir with the nephew you may recall the helpful Suggestions sent to the secretary of war and forwarded back to me by the general staff i have always wanted to explain about those dish-towels ladies you see you happened on us at a bad time our dish-towels had come but though neatly hemmed they lacked the small tape in the corner by which to hang them up i therefore oh keep still said the general in an angry tone now what brings you women here my nephew has been taken prisoner tish said coldly i want to know merely whether you propose to do anything about it Or intend to sit here in comfort and do nothing he became quite red in the face at this allusion to the cribbage board etc and at first seemed unable to speak quietly man said the colonel remember your blood pressure damn my blood pressure said the general in a thick tone I must refuse to relate the conversation that followed hardly conversation indeed as at the end the general did all the talking at last however he paused for breath and tish said very quietly then i am to understand that you refuse to do anything about my nephew who is your nephew charlie sands and who's charlie sands my nephew said tish he said nothing to this but shouted abruptly in a loud voice orderly raise that curtain and let some air into this rat hole then he turned to the colonel and said thompson you're younger than i am I've got a family and my blood pressure's high. I'm going out to make a tour of the observation posts Coward said the colonel to him in a low tone The colonel was very pleasant to us when the other man had gone the general was his brother-in-law He said and rather nervous because they hadn't had a decent meal for a week The only thing that settles his nerves is cribbage he explained it helps his morale now Let us think about getting you back to safety I'd offer you our humble hospitality But somebody got in here today and stole the duckboard I've been sleeping on and I can't offer you the general's cellar door. He's devoted to it What if we refuse to go back tish demanded we've taken a risky trip for a purpose and I don't give up easily young man I'm inclined to sit here until that general promises to do something his face changed Oh now see here he said in an appealing voice you aren't going to make things difficult for me are you there's a regulation against this sort of thing we are welfare workers tish said calmly behind us there stand the entire american people if kept from the front trenches while trying to serve our boys there are ways of informing the people through the press it's exactly the press i fear he said in a sad voice Think of the results to you three and to me. What results? Tish demanded impatiently. I'm not doing anything I'm ashamed of. He was abstractedly moving the cribbage pins about. It's like this, he said. Not very far behind the lines, there are a lot of newspaper correspondents, and lately there hasn't been much news. But perhaps I'd better explain my own position. I am engaged to a lovely girl at home. I write to her every day, but I have been conscious recently that in her replies to me there has been an element of Shall I say suspicion? No, that is not the word Anxiety of anxiety lest I shall fall in love with some charming red cross or YMCA girl Nothing could be further from my thoughts, but you can see my situation Three feminine visitors at nightfall news hungry correspondents all the rest of it scandal dear ladies and absolute ruin to my hopes bosh said tish but i could see that she was uncomfortable if there's trouble i'll send her our birth certificates besides i thought you said the general was your brother-in-law aggie says he changed the colour at that but he said hastily by marriage madam only by marriage by that i mean i he the general is married to my brother Really, said Tish, how unusual. End of chapter 3, part 6